This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show. Hello. Hi, Hemant. Hi. I did have some pretty sad news to start off this week, just because I learned about it not that long ago today. Um, but Woody Kaplan, who is the chair of the advisory board for the Secular Coalition for America lobbying group, mm. he passed away. He died of cancer. Uh. And the reason I wanted to bring that up here, mostly as a like point of personal privilege. So like 20 years ago, I'm in college. I'm eager to get active in like secular groups because mm. that means something to me. Mm. And I started a group in college. And then I learned about this group called the Secular Student Alliance, like a larger national group that also wants to start college groups. Mm. And at some point I was active enough of it, it on it that I ran for their board of directors. I got on their board of directors. So like the first time I had a meeting, mm. imagine this board meeting where there's a whole bunch of college atheists who are active to, we all want to start groups on campuses. That must have help. been an exhausting group of people to be around. Totally. <laughs> and we're all like eager and active, but none of us know what to do. Little and there's like two or three people who are out of college and helping out as well. But like, it's just a whole bunch of people who we, we all care about this cause, but don't have the tools to make it work. And mm -hmm. we're all learning on the fly. Mm -hmm. And Woody was one of those people who was there at the request of the guy running the show at the time, basically helping us like turn this n very new organization is into something larger and professional, mm. like gave us fundraising training sessions, told us whatever we were doing either made no sense or this is what we needed to do if we wanted to be like a real nonprofit group. Mm. So without him, I don't think I would have learned anything about running a board, mm -hmm. which I used later on with other groups as well. Um, if you've heard about the Secular Coalition for America and you heard about the Congressional Free Thought Caucus and the fact that there is like a humanist on Capitol Hill, mm -hmm. well, before Jared Huffman, there was a guy named Pete Stark who was openly uh, atheist. He, he, went, he was a Unitarian, but he didn't believe in God. But the reason he came out was at the urging of the Secular Coalition for America Woody is one of the two guys who began the Secular Coalition yeah. for America. Like, he has also worked with pretty much every atheist group you can imagine. Um, and he also worked with, he was on the national board of the ACLU for a while. He worked with other groups as well. Um, the church-state separation world, like, probably benefited in some capacity through his donations, his time, his advice, um, just a big loss, and I'm sorry to see him go. Even when I was writing, like, my first book several mm. years ago, he was one of the people I went to for advice because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You probably know authors. Your yeah. wife is an author. Can I ask you questions? Mm -hmm. And he put me in touch with just all the right people that I needed to talk to mm. and steered me away from making bad decisions, which, again, a personal note, I appreciate it. Sorry to see him uh, go. Yeah, I think there's... Always something, it's worth remembering that these sort of institutions that we have and that we look to and we depend on started somewhere, right? Like we, yeah. Secular Student Alliance, things like that, those all feel like inevitabilities or something that was going to happen anyway, but it took somebody taking the first step. So yeah, that's I'm sorry exactly for it. the and loss of the community. Yeah. Um, 
With that said, uh, I figured, look, I want to talk about something serious and heavy, and you probably know it if you see the title of this episode. But before I get to that, let me give you one bit of happy news, because it'll make you happy. It made me happy. Wait, I Um, don't have the benefit of knowing the title of the episode, I know. I'll tell you later. Oh, no. So... Um, this just Reader, made me this happy. is called dramatic irony. <laughs> the number one best-selling Christian album in the country right now, topping the Christian music charts. Try that in small town. Yep. Nope. Oh, nope. What? That's country music. Yes. I figured that, that in small they town. Uh, kind of uh, merged those two at some you point. You would think. Yes? Nope. The number no. one best-selling Christian album in the country. Still the case as when I last checked today. So it's been almost a week. Belongs to a drag queen oh. with the name Flamey Grant, which is really that's outstanding pun work. It nice really is. job. Uh, it's called Bible Belt Baby Flamey by Flamey Grant. Grant. And here's the backstory I'm of so like how did a drag this. queen top the Christian charts? Basically, last week we've talked about this mega cultist named Sean Foyt. He's this musician who during the pandemic did giant like rock concerts and he's oh, like sure, sure, you sure, cannot sure. socially distance you cannot wear masks at my concert so it was like he was a covid like he super spreader just not enforce it he actively oh, no. banned safety he measures actively did things to violate like safety Jesus measures did. exactly and now he's doing concerts in front of state capitals across the country that's his latest tour uh which is kind of funny cuz the satanic temple is following him and like trying to get the same permits uh oh, anyway that's fun. Last week, Sean Foyt went on Twitter, and basically, there was a collaboration between singer Flamey Grant and another Christian singer named Derek Webb, who used to perform with another Christian band. Well, they had worked together, they're friends, they collaborated on a song, and on Twitter, um, they basically were like, yeah, we just recorded, this is a thing, like, yay. Mm -hmm. And Sean chimes in to say, if you're wondering the end goal of the deconstruction movement in the church, then look no further than former worship leader Derek Webb's new collab with the drag queen. Don't say collab, dude. He said collab. These are truly the last days. So the world is ending because these two collaborated. It's pretty funny. Mm Mm-hmm. And to be clear, when you look at, like, the comments under the tweet, like, the article about their collaboration, you see people saying, I love seeing Christ's love reflected through the queer community. Mm. And someone else said, standing with the marginalized will do much, much more to reveal the light and love of Jesus than the hand-wringing and pearl-clutching of a bunch of religious gatekeepers. So that's interesting, too. I don't know that I agree with it, but, like, all right. Christians are, like, supporting it, Uh, too. Who is this gentleman who said these are the end times or whatever? Uh, Sean Foyt. Sean Foyt. Okay. Rhymes with exploit. (laughs) Sean Foyt and John Voight, Angelina Jolie's bad dad. Uh, Not related, but sure, why not? Anyway, um, John Foyt, here is the problem, is the world is literally on fire. (laughs) Everybody I know has had among the worst summers in their lives, myself included. My husband lost his job three weeks ago. We are all really concerned about, like, active real shit that is happening in our lives and so when you're bringing this to me john foyt that your concern that the world i don't care yes uh, yes when you're citing that your biggest concern is that there is a collab 
with a drag queen and a preacher on the Billboard Hot 100 Christian chart or whatever feels unserious and insincere. Not a just a lot of us actually have shit that we're actually worried about because actual consequences happen when actual things happen. This, I want to be clear, nothing. This yes. is nothing, nothing happened. And to be clear, Sean Foy was chiming in on a song that he had not clearly heard. And that was not on the charts, because, like, probably a lot of people have not heard of either musician, certainly not the songs they were collaborating right. on. And just to point this out, Derek Webb, the supposed, you know, uh, pastor who is doing this, the uh, former, what did he call him? Former uh, worship leader, oh. Derek Webb. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. Derek Webb wrote a song called Boys Will Be Girls, in which he puts on drag. Oh, cute. And it features Flamey Grant in his video for that. And That's then Flamey Grant released uh, the album Bible Belt Baby, in which Derek Webb uh, sang along, collabed on a, <laughs> on a song there. So anyway, the point is, I don't know if how many people would have heard any of these songs. Mm. Um, and then it didn't help the Sean Foyt's situation that another Christian musician basically praised both of them. And oh. they were at a party together in Nashville, like marking the release of Derek Webb's album. So that pissed off Sean Foyt even more. Um, Hmm. To, and here's the thing. After Foyt posts that tweet where he's like, the end times are happening, mm -hmm. um, Flamey Grant like chimes in, basically. Like, oh, whatever. <sighs> Some snarky remark. Mm. To which Sean Foyt says, hardly anyone listens or cares what you do. Because he's a dick. That's pretty fun. That is honestly pretty devastating burn. Uh-huh. And then Flamey Grant posts a video on TikTok saying... Okay, this is what happened. This is this fight we're having on Twitter. Um, I think my new song, Good Day, deserves a spot on the Christian music charts, don't you think? Like as a, hey, let's try to make something oh, of this. God. I don't think it'll work. And it worked. Because that song became the top-selling single on the Christian charts, at least for a little while. But the album is still the number one Christian album in the country, making Flaming Grant the first and so far only, I think, drag queen to top that list. Uh, Flamey later posted, I'm tired, I haven't showered, I smell abominable, I ate cereal for lunch. But basically saying all this is happening because I'm so overwhelmed uh -huh. by all the love you are showing. Um, <laughs> I told my housemate last night before we went to bed, I hope this doesn't flop, where I say, can you make this the like, top single? Uh -huh. I hope this doesn't flop. That would be pretty embarrassing. Y'all, we did not flop. You fucking activated. Yeah! Um, which is just fantastic. Um, and the funny thing is, in an angry, uh, because of Sean Foyt's angry tweet, he claimed Derek Webb, the other, the collab, was a former worship leader. Flamey Grant chimed in to say, actually, Derek Webb was never a worship leader. <laughs> but you know who was a worship leader? Me, Matthew Blake. I was a worship leader for 22 years. Funny. So you're mad at the wrong people and you don't know what you're talking about. By the way, speaking of Flamey Grant, where did that name come from? Amy Grant's the uh, famous Christian singer. I'm trying. I've been not listening to you because I've been it's trying okay. to do a cover song of Baby Baby. And oh, this is what I have God. so far. Baby, baby, baby Jesus died for your sins. Is that... Listen, I was kind of trying to talk to you at the same time. So, like, it's that's not what my you got? best work. All right. Very good at these things, but I really got hung up on the baby Jesus part of it. And I think, I think if I had dropped the baby part of it, if I did like Jesus, I'm gonna move Jesus. on now. Oh, why? So, 
<laughs> Matthew Blake has said in interviews that the stage name was inspired by arguably the most successful Christian artist of all time. And also, this is the music they were allowed to hear growing up. Yeah, so, and also immigrant roles, whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> like Matthew Blake knows Christianity, has lived Christianity, mm-hmm. and Derek Webb, the collab, like has lived in the faith as well. I don't even know what their religious labels are now. It doesn't matter. But the point is, this Sean Foyt guy, who's like this Trump MAGA guy who Mm. uses Christianity as a weapon to hurt everybody else, Mm. uh, he tried to do it again. And this... In this case, it backfired completely. That made me smile. I mean, I love this sort of uh, a double-edged sword of Christians being like, we're being repressed. Nobody is Christian anymore. Nobody will let us be Christian anymore. Boo, boo, boo. And then somebody like becomes really successful in a Christian setting. They're like, but you're doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like, if it was a progressive Christian yeah. who did the song, they would also be mad about yeah, it. Yeah. Like you it's, have to be their Christian. You really have to, like, fall into a very thin slot. For Slightly to off topic. Seriously. But there are people who, and we talked about this last week, they're mad at Vivek Ramaswamy for being Hindu and yeah. running as a Republican. Oh, yeah. But they've said the same thing about uh, other people, too. Where they're like, they're not real Christians. Mm. It's like, you're supporting Trump. Yep. You're pretending he is because i think that says more about the problems with your religion yeah than anything really, else they're really really not gonna be able to lean on this christian thing for too much longer huh because i they're gonna have to like somehow differentiate to it as long as they can yeah they will it's wild it's truly wild of like we want everybody to be christian not like that right last weekend i had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Um, so let's talk about Richard Dawkins. Oh, God, no. I literally yeah. pulled a book yeah. by him out to give to one of my students. Should I stop? It's yes. about evolution, okay. though. He's good at that. Oh my God, what do I do? Do I give it to her or not? No, I'll tell you why in a second. Fuck, okay, but it's such a so good here's book. the story. I, I didn't even want to talk about this because I would much rather ignore it, but then sometimes he kind of forces the hand, you know? So anyway, mm. he recently launched his own podcast. It's called The he Poetry. Did. It's The Poetry of Reality. Because what's the name of his book? Oh. The newer book? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Greatest po- Show on Earth is the one I Oh, have. okay, okay. There's another book, The Magic of Reality or something. Oh, okay. so, whatever. Fine. Launched a podcast. 
I think it's Can't a way we for him. Already, if I'm I know, being right? Honest. A chance to disseminate lectures he's given, things he's done in the past, and Makes also sense. interview other people. And in a sense, that's a great idea because he's famous and he has a big platform. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be really interesting if he interviewed, you know, evolutionary biologists. Let's have a conversation about whatever it is actual scientists or science communicators. Yeah. Uh, fight about when it comes to evolution because the specifics can be discussed and um, argued. Is my guess that he's using it instead as a platform to Wait for fuck it. with trans people? We'll because get there. that's his we'll favorite get there. hobby. So yeah, he could totally grab any scientist he wants and say, let me interview you. Let's talk about sure. NASA launched their thing, their telescope. Yeah, their thing. Let, tell Classic me, thing. teach me about it. That would be an awesome thing to do. Um, but so far... You're kind of proposing a sort of Neil deGrasse Tyson-esque sure. idea of using a scient- uh, charismatic scientist as a way to dive into deeper science. Yeah, absolutely. More power to people who can make it work. Yeah, absolutely. He has the connections and the name power, the brain power to draw in those people. Right. That would be a good service. I'm all for it. However... But, so, so far, he's released like, I don't know, four or five episodes. The only original episode so far is an interview he... Re- uh, put out just this past week and it is as you guessed with this notorious transphobe named no. Helen Joyce she's a mathematician by by education but basically if Kevin, you've get heard your people of her in line. Uh, eh. the only reason you've heard of her though in any other context is because she has been obsessed with trans people for years and is one of the most notoriously anti-trans voices on the internet. Let can me I tell a, you what she said. Can I have a quick question? Just yes. It seems like England is a real hotbed for transphobia. Do you have uh-huh. any idea what that's about? Or do you think it's just J.K. Rowling has been banging that drum so hard they're kind of Two forced reasons. to deal with when it? When you have an accent, you could say whatever you want. <laughs> Second thing is they've solved, they have health care. They don't have to <laughs> worry about it. So they can just shit on anyone else they want. Yeah, so, England really has it all figured out. Everything you is perfect got it, there. Breakfast, no notes. Brexit was a blip. No notes, no England. No notes anywhere else. In your last 2,000 years, <laughs> no notes. <laughs> Everyone loves the royal family, uh-huh. you know, so they, yeah, they yeah, focus yeah. on trans Baby people. Spain kings so is perfect. Helen Joyce has yeah. previously said that trans people who have transitioned mm. are, quote, damaged and, quote, a huge problem to a sane world. Okay. She also believes. But, 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 but we're not going to get past yes. that line. Our damage and is a huge problem for a sane world. Cite your sources. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? My like, sources damaged, are Helen Joyce. Damaged is such a subjective. Oh, if you do this every time word, I say something stupid really? here, it's going to go on for a while. She also believes reducing her word, reducing the number of people who transition is a moral imperative. Um, if you've heard the New York Times has taken this weird anti-trans turn as well, one really? of the instigators of it is the fact that a book she wrote against trans people was reviewed by another anti-trans person in their book section, which is edited by someone who is also anti-trans. Why do these people have so much fucking time on their and hands? This is the I only have issue three they care about. jobs, and yep. these guys are just harassing hypothetical people? So, Richard Dawkins... Could get anybody he wants. He could get anyone from NASA. He could get a scientist to talk about whatever it is he wants to talk about. But he wanted wanted to talk about the trans issue, talk to a... Talk to a biologist, talk to someone who... Psychologist, whatever, who knows the issues. Nope, he wants to talk to Helen Joyce. He did 52 minutes. see the irony in courting somebody's opinion when they have no, like... 
reason to be he, she's not an expert on biological gender she i presume but she studied I think this you, issue for years i think you would have mentioned it if she had any kind of degree in gender studies or something like None. that why is richard dawkins mr show your fucking work saying hey mathematician tell me your point of view about checks notes biology yep yep Title of I, I title have to of his think podcast. there's biologists that exist in the world that can do this. You would think. Title of his podcast, Trends, When Ideology Meets Reality. Just trans? Just trans. He doesn't even use terms correctly. No. Actually, one of his other uh, colleagues, in a way, uses transsexual, which I thought went out of style like... 20 years ago? Something like that. Anyway, 52 minutes he spent talking to her. No, they said and, transsexual on a Friends episode. It's not that old. Uh, so... Here's the thing. If I tried to go through everything Helen Joyce said that was insane, yeah. it would take too long. Yeah, but it would so be I very cathartic for me personally. Maybe. So here's the thing. Mm. I pulled out a handful of things Dawkins said, because I don't want to take it out of context. And I'm like, here's the thing. If he brought her on, yeah. If he brought her on to rebut the stuff she was saying, maybe there's an argument to be made for this. Like, just to back that up. Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I think does a relatively good job when it comes to explaining science and trying to get outside his bubble mm. to try to explain science to people who actively work against it. He's done interviews with Ben Shapiro where he tries to call out the bullshit. He's been on Joe Rogan trying to call out the bullshit. Really? Yes. And it's like, you know what? If that's your goal, I kind of can see a point to doing that. And mm. I can I can see arguments for why you shouldn't even bother should... Bill Nye debate can yeah, have. I get it. Yeah, we've had this debate. But, but yeah. I do understand the value of going on someone else's turf and trying to speak sense and logic to their deranged audiences. Right. I get that. But Dawkins is not bringing her on for the sake of having an argument with her. He's bringing her on because they're like-minded souls. Yeah, I feel like that should be... Uh, no, that's not true. I was going to say, like, wouldn't the point of this be that he brings on people who disagree with him? But that's a premise I attach, it could not be. him. It could, it could it's, be. It's not. He's that's allowed not to bring on doing. whomever he wants. We are allowed to point out that he has lost his entire fucking mind. Right. So... Um, here's one thing he said. Uh, these are all short clips. There's a f several of them. But um, let me play the clip and then we'll talk about it. So here's Dawkins talking about how sex is absolutely not on a spectrum of any sort. Um, the one thing that isn't is sex. I mean, sex really is binary. There's no question about it. You're either male or female. And it's absolutely clear. You can do it on gamete size. You can do that's it on wrong. chromosomes. He knows um, that's wrong. And so it is... To me, as a biologist, distinctly weird that people can simply declare I am a woman, though I have a penis. Which is what they do, by the way. They just wake up one day and they announce it on a whim. Again, I want to point out that he called, she called them damaged. Dawkins mm. is calling them weird. So they're not, even if they're trying to make any kind of Distinctly point, weird. They're not, all they're saying is, like, they're truly falling into every religious person's bullshit of, like, this makes me feel uncomfortable, and so it must be bad. This is boys kissing boys makes me feel icky, so mm. gay marriage must be wrong. Like, he is so far, he's lost the plot in such a real way, and it's devastating to see. He truly was such an influence on our, yours, and my lives in such a big way, and so many people's in terms of bringing atheism to the, to the forefront. This is 
devastating. So this to talk about sucks. what he said, he's implying that whether you're male or female comes down to your chromosomes, your gametes. Like if you have XX, XY, and the parts to match he it or knows something. Intersex people exist, and that's the thing. He acknowledges in this podcast and elsewhere that intersex people exist, and then he finds reasons to downplay all of that. Um, so, by the way, there are variations within the categories. The whole point is, if you think it's like a Venn diagram that doesn't overlap, and then you're like, well, I guess they overlap a little bit when it comes to intersex uh, people. Like, as the phrasing uh, might be, like, it's bimodal. It's not binary. Yeah, bimodal? What does that like, mean? Like, there are... Most people will fall under the category of male as traditionally viewed or uh, female. But the blurring of the lines in between, just because someone has a certain set of chromosome, just because they're XY, doesn't mean they're going to have a penis as you imagine it or whatever it is. Sure. It doesn't work that way. There are examples of that. Um, and, and the thing is, be, just because the textbook you saw in first grade laid it out mm. that way out of convenience doesn't mean that's the case. And he who do you want to hear this from? knows that science changes and corrects itself. Sure. He have all people sure. know that. And, like, I could point you to scientists who have explained this. I could point you to non-scientists who have done a good job making it easier to understand. But, like, don't take it from me. You could do that yourself. You could do the research. I'm just shocked that he refuses to acknowledge any variety beyond, like, a kindergarten-level understanding of whatever, you know, this is your chromosome, so therefore you fall in this category. By the way... Trans people are not saying, oh, I'm sorry, my chromosomes changed. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's all about anyway. So right off the bat, it's just misunderstanding, strawmanning, whatever you want to call it, um, falling right into that trap. Have you ever heard of uh, David Remmer or Reimer? Nope. Um, he was born in 1965 in Canada, um, had a botched circumcision. circumcision. Mm hmm and so they, his parents and everybody decided to raise him as a girl because his penis was not there anymore. And guess how that went? Hmm. Well, he found out he wasn't a girl when he was a teenage, when he was 11. And he completed suicide at 38 because his life was effectively ruined because people know who they are. And if you are constantly trying to shove them into a space that they don't fit into, you're hurting them. Sure. Um, there was Dawkins elsewhere in the interview said he got a letter uh, or he received. I don't know what child is writing Richard Dawkins about like these mm, issues. It's but okay. their parents writing uh -huh. via their child. But he said this girl goes to a school where being gay or trans is seen as cool. And that made her question being heterosexual or Good. something. Anyway, we should this, always question her sexuality. So like, is, it's OK to look inward and be like, am I slightly attracted to women? Huh. Yeah, kind this, of, I guess. Check out what he says about no, uh, that letter. To. Here you go. Here's that clip. The, 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 there is peer pressure and even teacher pressure um, to really go against reality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jesus. So peer pressure Can and I? teacher pressure to what? Be gay or trans? First of all, if you know anything about being gay or trans, I don't care what your peers say, that doesn't turn you into anything. Truly, this idea that, oh, I'm questioning my identity is seen as a negative thing, as if we should have decided who we are at, what, six years old, and that sort of kept hiking down that path. Like right. it's, it's so specious and unserious. It's, it's I, I, to the point that I am 
actively wondering if it's valuable for us to keep. It is because recording. it makes me mad. Yeah, that's fair. So. But I just hate to. I, I hate that we're putting platforming him. I guess. No, nope, we have wa- to talk about it. You okay, know why? I just wanted my I, uh, my uh, shit to be noted. Okay. Appreciated and bring it up again in a little bit because I'll talk about why I want to talk about this. Okay. But like, even if that confused child thought. She might be LGBTQ because her friends seem to think it's cool. I don't really get that. And then that, what's but okay. worst case scenario? Yeah, what is the worst case scenario? She, she examines it and then she she's like, She holds nope. hands with a girl or kisses a girl and is like, oh yeah, I'm not into this. Like, yeah, then okay. What are you, t- like, why is the, what is the danger? The capital D danger. What is the danger? Right. There is none. Uh, so I don't get the peer pressure, but he also claims there's teacher pressure as the peer pres- the peer using pressure. someone's pronouns as they want to be called. That's what I think he means by teacher pressure, because I promise you, teachers are not wasting their time thinking about or trying to turn your kids anything. Yeah, it's exhausting. Um, it's more like, oh, you want me to call you by this pronoun? All right, I will. And or like, you want me to call you this name? Okay, I will. Again, is that what teacher pressure is? Even if there is peer pressure to be non-binary or whatever, and in a couple of years you're like, oh, maybe that's not how I actually feel. I just sort of leaned into it too hard or something like that. Again... It's oh, who cares right. if you if haven't you uh, realized that you need to explore your identity and feel like you need to like shift into a non-binary thing and want to change your pronouns. And then after a year, it doesn't feel true to you anymore. Who, who have you harmed? Right. Right. Like, like, and I, I, to be clear, that's obviously not how generally people work, but like. What is the fear? I, I don't understand why he thinks this is capital B bad. Right. So there have been, uh, I've seen these charts floating around online this past week where more people are coming out as trans according to name your study or something, especially in certain schools. Yeah. And the thing is, they're saying, they're treating that as if it's some sort of epidemic. It's like, or maybe at certain schools or in general in society, people feel a little more comfortable coming out as trans instead of trying to keep that hidden. Um, And jokingly, I also see charts that show like, wow, and the rise of people who are left-handed over time. Exactly. It's like, yeah, when we stopped stigmatizing it, more people were comfortable saying it, and then it leveled off at whatever the right percentage is. It it makes, it it, kind of calls to mind like the, I think, four-minute mile or something like that, that nobody Mm. could run a four-minute mile. Nobody could run a four-minute mile. One person ran it, and the next year, like, eight people did. Because once you know that it is possible, once you know that this there's a, a universe where a person can run four minutes or a person can change their outside to match who they are in the inside. That's how just the world works. I, I, this fucking concern trolling is disgusting. Respecting students who say, I want you to call me by this name or this pronoun or whatever. That's a sign of respect. That's not like encouraging them in the wrong way or something like that. It's okay to respect people. And Dawkins says repeatedly in the interview elsewhere that he does respect trans people, that he will. I think this is a clip coming up. Oh, that clip is coming up. So we'll talk about it then. But but you're right. But you're right. The whole point is, no, I'm listening to things he's saying and I don't care what he thinks he does. I'm listening to him and he clearly doesn't. Um, he also said, by the way, when he mentioned J.K. Rowling, oh boy. Uh, she's he probably calls her Joe, doesn't he? Probably, they're friends. I know. Um, she's very brave. Like, no, no, she, no, of all the no, things. no, 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 no. Nobody gets to call J.K. Rowling brave. She was brave when she wrote a book as a divorced mom. She is no longer brave. She's a billionaire protected by her billions of dollars. Yes. 
Okay, next clip. Brave. Go fuck um, yourself, Dawkins. Jesus. Next fuck. clip. Here you go. Here's him saying, but I do uh, show respect to trans people. No, you Here you go. Um, I'm perfectly happy to um, address a trans person by their preferred name and prefers, preferred pronouns. I think it's just a matter of politeness, really. Um, very British of him. What I object to is the um, insistence that I am a woman. I mean, you're not a woman. Why you're, do you care? I'm perfectly prepared to call, call you she if you, if, if, you, if you like and call you whatever your How preferred name is. But to say I am a woman is a debauching of language. And that's where <laughs> I draw the line. You know what matters more than civil rights? Grammar. Everybody (laughs) gather your straws because Dawkins going a grasping. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a grammar? Grammar. Are you fucking kidding me? That's where he draws Does Dawkins listen to this? Does he know who you are? Oh, Oh, I'm sure he knows. Do you think he listens to this? Hey, Dawkins. He doesn't. Dawkins, go fuck yourself. He he did hear that because everyone around here heard that. Smug, condescending asshole. God, fuck that guy. I'm so angry that he has made me this angry. He should not have this control over my life. Tell me more about how you were going to give someone a Dawkins book in like two minutes. Okay, but it's a good okay, book about so evolution. I just want to summarize that. He says he's basically and I just, I already an own ally. It, so I'm not giving him any money. <laughs> he says Gang, he's an really ally because... He's uh, not an ally. Well, he says he respects them because he calls them by their name and pronoun, their preferred name and pronoun, but like out of politeness, but like deep down, he's like, but I'm just humoring you. That's now, what he's thinking on the inside. Yes, yes, yes. Now, which, I'm a woman. You're a person of color. Mm. I think it's fair to say we've both had interactions with people where they're like, mm-hmm, I'm sure you know that thing, brown boy or little girl. Like, mm-hmm. we or I, I'll speak for myself, I know that tone of like, oh, Ms. Greif, like that kind of thing mm. of, I want you to know that I think you're stupid. This is, I guarantee the energy that Dawkins moves through the world with is I think I am smarter than everybody. I truly think he has just caught himself on, I think I'm right and I am going to build up as much evidence around me to make myself right, as if that's what science is, he should know better. He is such a fucking dickbag. He should. And he's so much more obsessed with whether or not people have a penis that he doesn't realize he's actively harming a whole population of people, and he doesn't care. A couple things about this. First is, I think part of the problem is he's been globally famous since he's like what 25 or something wait really yeah so since selfish gene since selfish gene came out he's been known around the world which means uh he has the luxury of surrounding himself by a bunch of yes men i i'm not comparing him to trump because i know he doesn't like trump but i think trump suffers the same thing you can always surround yourself at some level with people who think you're the greatest person in the world the smartest person ever whatever it is and i don't think he's he can get away with not listening to anyone who criticizes him. I am shocked that there is no one in Dawkins' circles close to him willing to tell him how bad he is on these issues. Not just wrong. Mm. That's, that's us right now. 
But, like, you're hurting your reputation if you care about that. But you're hurting people around you who are fans of yours if you care about that. Like, clearly no one in his life is getting through to him, which I think is a different problem. Mm. And he's definitely in the... If he is, like, quote-unquote anti-Trump, he's fallen hard into, like, the whole Freudian... uh, What's it? Something of small differences. It's, like, uh, narcissism of small differences. Like, they're the same person. They have an opinion that they did not reason themselves into a group around them that are doing are nothing but yes men and he's like oh i'm not like trump my dude you are exactly fucking like trump so he's also like this idea because he i've seen him say this repeatedly of course i will address trans people by their name and pronouns out of politeness i just object to something else he objects to them holding in their heart that they are the gender they believe in. That is what it comes down to, right? Because he says, I'll call you by your name, I'll call you by your gender, but if you are thinking I am a woman, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to show me your karyotype and then tell me your name, and Truly, then maybe I'll have some respect for you, or maybe I won't. When Next time you meet Dawkins, make sure you pull your pants all the way down to your ankle right. so he can see whether or not you have a ding-dong. Right, there, you, and that's the decision, All the way ultimately. down to the ankles, gang. Right. Don't half-ass this. Knees don't work. Knees. <laughs> right. Um, by the way, Helen Joyce responded to that comment by saying he was being way too lenient because she basically said it's all a slippery slope. Like, if you use a oh, trans a woman's argument. pronoun, she'll also demand that you call her a woman. As if and, then the and then the world ends. ends. Right, that's exactly right. What is the slippery... That's the thing. People talk about the slippery slope. With gay marriage, it was men marrying dogs, which is, like, so cuckoo bananas crazy pants, I cannot even kind of wrap my brain around... It's a slippery slope from, I use your pronouns, to question mark. What's the slope going to? What is worst yeah, case yeah. scenario for that? I'm asking you a genuine oh, question. Uh, well, then it's going to get to kids. That's where it's going to lead to. Because they're very obsessed with, if we allow gay men to marry each other, they're going to go after, yes, pets. Uh-huh. Then they'll go after children. Uh-huh. We care about the children. We do. Uh, even though all these even Republicans the, keep for getting the, arrested the for that. Except for the brown and black ones. Right, we don't care right, about right. them. The white ones. Um, so it's just... We care about the white kids who are 12 and having a very, very, very low-key existential crisis about their gender. Mm-hmm. This is the most... You know, there are no other problems in Britain. We have established uh, this. Truly, this is truly the, the heart of the issue. So this, this is, is the, the next, troubles for the modern age. This is the next little bit. Dawkins, so like if you ask, why do you care about this so much? Here's Dawkins okay, explaining why he cares about this so much. The answer, as always, is Somebody sports. Who, let, let's talk about sports for, for a moment. No, I don't Somebody want to talk who, about sports. who's a, a, a moderately good swimmer as a, as a man, but kind of mediocre. And then suddenly just says, I am a woman. And because he says I'm a woman, he's then allowed to go and break all the records of female swimming. Um, That seems to me to be unserious. You're you're just saying you're a a woman because you want to say you're a woman. Whereas if you've been been through the surgery. Richard. But he's still not a woman. No, no, but, 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 but there's a sort of feeling that... He really means it. He, he's sincere about it. I mean, I could say I was sincere about being astronaut. It doesn't make oh, me an okay. astronaut. Oh, okay. I'm an attack helicopter. I'm a yep, conservative yep, and yep. I know one joke. Right. So his argument is he's concerned about this because let's suppose you're an average male swimmer, but then you could just say, I'm a woman. And then 
I'm quoting here, because he says I'm a woman, he's then allowed to go and break all the records of females swimming. That's not how it works. That's not what anyone has done. Um, And I'm sorry, Richard Dawkins, are you a huge advocate of women's swimming in Britain? Is this now your new pet cause? You you are the champion of women's swimmers. Yeah. I, Congrats, <laughs> Richards. You really found a vulnerable populace. Let me talk about that for a second. Like, I watch Sports Center all the so time. Sweaty. I couldn't tell you the name of a single male swimmer who Phelps, wasn't who wasn't in the Olympics. Oh. Like, I would bet good money that all the these people... The guy with the hair. Nope, I had no idea. <laughs> all these people who insist men are just pretending Lockheed, to be insane. trans to get, like, a leg up in women's sports. Fine. Tell me who the national champions were in college swimming for women. Like... Name them. Who are they? Who won? Okay, I'll do even one better. Who won the women's NCAA basketball tournament, which got, which was on ESPN and got national play? Duke? Nope. Which? Wait, who was it? I don't know. Oh, you didn't even do your research? I watched it and I couldn't remember. It wasn't UConn. That's what I remember. (laughs) Name the starting lineup of a WNBA team. None of you can do it. Name a name of a WNBA team. (laughs) So the whole point is like all these people who are like, my biggest concern is they're going to ruin college sports for women. Mm. Um, And by the way, you would think the NCAA or the Olympics have a vested interest in preserving competition. Mm. The NCAA, by the way, says if you are trans... um, you have to undergo testosterone. This is their old version of it. Uh, I think now they want you to go through testosterone testing before a competition. But an earlier policy said, uh, if you're a trans woman, you have to go through one year of testosterone suppression treatment. The point is, look, they're trying to navigate this world because they do care about competition and they want to keep it fair. But also they're like, okay, we're, we don't want to deny trans people the ability to compete but we also understand there may be advantages in some way. So we want to make sure that's not what's happening here. And they have figured out a way to make that work. I'm just, the point I'm trying to make, I have no uh, expertise to say their policy is better or worse than it should be. But you would think the people running those tournaments at the NCAA or at the Olympics, they do care about competition. And yet even they're saying, we're okay with trans women swimming. Like we're fine with it, but we want to make comp- we want to take these precautions, competitive uh, fixes, whatever it is. By the way, the people they keep citing as the trans swimmer who's breaking records um, had already qualified to compete under the NCAA's older rules. Hmm. Like th- instead of just waking up one day and saying, "I'm not winning the men's events." I think I'm just going to go compete in the women's. Not what happened. Like, none of this stuff makes any sense. No one's doing that. And even if they did, which they're not, okay, let's suppose they broke the college swimming records. So what? They're not getting endorsement deals. You know how I know that? Name a college swimmer who's gotten giant endorsement deals. It doesn't happen. Um, I know one like famous female swimmer, Katie Ledecky, and I yeah. cannot tell you one commercial, maybe two, like she's been in and she's the best in the world. The main thing I know about Katie Ledecky is that she got fat shamed at the Olympics. <laughs> so that's kind of where we are vis-a-vis sports. And name, like if a mediocre, this is quoting Dawkins, me qu- paraphrasing Dawkins, if a mediocre male athlete is pretending to be trans for what? To win a couple of college swim meets? And then what? Like, 
I've never heard of the case where they did that and broke a record and they're like, haha, I'm a man now. Nope, doesn't happen. You want you think they're gonna pretend to be trans and go through all the bullshit trans people have to go through? And for what? I want to win a medal at a college meet three people are paying attention to? <laughs> like, who's doing... I heard the same thing when, like, when it came to being gay. It's like, oh, you're, you're trying to... You're saying you're gay because it's the cool thing to do or something like that. It's like, in what world do you live in yeah. where being openly gay is, like, a net positive? It, it's just... And like it's not working because you're with still all the harassing me. And so getting harassed. I'm not not getting harassed right. by. By being the way, gay. Katie Ledecky this week, the yeah. swimmer, was accused of being trans, and oh. has nothing to do with any of this. Listen, I have had to pare down my Facebook use because I saw way too many screen grabs of people like pointing at penises at, at like in like Beyonce's leggings or something <laughs> like that. Like it's truly getting so far afield of any sense here's i was trying to write down a, f- a couple points about the swimming thing because it does always come up including like last year a close friend of mine brought this very thing up and that is that we had to agree to disagree because what i said and i stand behind it is i don't care i don't care about sports i don't think we should care about sports more than we care about human beings oh um if we care this much about sports that we are willing to deny people the chance to live their authentic life and engage in a hobby they want to do what the fuck are we doing? Like, truly, the the collective brain power we are spending just thinking about sports writ large, let alone, oh, trans women in fucking college. Like, oh, I went to Mac College and I got fourth and I'm a trans woman in swimming. Like, who remember, fucking cares? Remember George Santos, the, the congressman, was like, when oh, I was yeah. in college, I led my school to a volleyball championship or something. And then months later, after he gets elected, it's like, not only were you not on a volleyball team, that school doesn't have a volleyball team or something like that. The point being, this guy pretended yeah. to be a male athlete on a like school's varsity volleyball team. And literally that whole story went under the radar mm-hmm. for months because no one pays attention to anything except like three different college sports. And even then, meh. Truly. I've been uh, rewatching Abbott Elementary a couple times to sort of soothe my uh, broken soul. Um, and the very first episode is about how they're building this huge Eagles stadium down the street from like this really, really broke elementary school in Philly. And to me, this is all of a piece, right? Like it's the same thing of like, oh, you say you care about kids, you say you care about rights, but what you care about is fun athletes for you to watch and not have to think too hard, Mm. right? Okay, we're going to pay a billion dollars to make this fucking football stadium to watch a bunch of black guys get CTE for their white uh, team owners. Not a great look. But also, like, stop acting like you care about human beings when what you care about is the results of sports, as if that is a valid argument. You don't care about whether... Are you, like... Is your concern that the woman who came in second is just going to have like a crisis of faith? And do like, what do you think is going to happen? Why do you think that sports is a bellwether with which we should make policies? Yeah. 
My favorite is when there is a trans swimmer who takes like 15th right. and then the person who took 17th is like, that person took my... That is a fully that true story. That should have been mine. It's like, no one cares. This is You're the, not that good. It's true. And also like... I, uh, I'm going to go to this last one. I just can't... One. Like, listen, it's not like a direct track from college swimmer to billionaire who owns a shoe line. They wouldn't own shoes. I don't know. They don't wear shoes mm. when they swim. Flipper but line. like, truly like... Is your worst case scenario in that a trans athlete exists? Is that somebody gotten third instead of second? No, in their, their fear is thing? that like, sports will be ruined. Who fucking sports yes. are ruined? Yes, they if are. If you don't think sports are ruined right now, again, CTE. They're equal steroids pay. in any sport. Name it. Steroids. Yeah. Okay, so here's the last... Oh, you have to be, because we don't have time for more. So here's the last little clip, and this is Dawkins talking about who the victims are in all of this stuff we're talking about. I'm going to write them down. And I'll give you a spoiler. It's him. He's he's the victim. Here's the clip. Okay, don't spoil it. And constantly it comes up that if you dissent from that, you're called a bigot, and so people don't want to dissent because dissent... And so... I don't want to call it cowardice, but but um, cowardice. It's, cowardice. It's it's pardonable cowardice because nobody wants to be called a bigot. But why does all the abuse go one way? Why does it? Why is it such a? Yeah. Why does all the bullying go one way? Why does all the abuse go one way? Why does all the bullying go one way? Trans people famously never bullied. Good job, Dickie. You're really understanding Mm -hmm. the key to humanity. You fucking moron. Trans people are too mean to the people who deny their existence. Dawkins, you had built yourself an incredible career. A person who would have been respected forever in the the, the, the annals of of science communicators. Freud, Dawkins, it's all going to be there together. But instead, instead, you picked one of the most marginalized groups imaginable, and instead of continuing to spread knowledge and the joy of science, you have decided to take down a community, and in doing so, you've destroyed your own fucking legacy, and we are always going to remember you as a fucking bigot. Anyway, so that's my concern. That's why I'm mad. By the way, speaking of how bullying only goes in one direction... Uh, 20 states, I believe, have now considered or passed laws banning gender-affirming care. Uh, a few of them either have done it or on the verge of, are on the verge of doing it for trans adults. So this is not about children anymore. Uh, obviously, those laws wreak havoc on the families of trans people. And by the way, when trans people are in the public eye for reasons that don't even have anything to do with them being trans, like we saw with uh, Dylan Mulvaney and uh, Bud Light, they're repeatedly harassed by right-wing trolls. Like, the whole point is Bud Light said, hey, here's a popular person on TikTok who reaches people we may not be able to reach. Hey, if we send you a Bud Light can with your name on it, can you, like, say nice things about it and we'll give you money or whatever? And uh, she did. And conservatives flipped out but again, Dawkins is the one who gets bullied and abused. Yeah. By the way, I think what he's talking about is he once had an award rescinded from the American Humanist Association yeah, that must be tough, because dude. of his anti-trans comments. Uh, and what's the name of that award? You don't remember who else won that award. No one knows. But that's his example of all the bullying and abuse goes in one direction. Like, so it's going to your point, going to your point How about his reputation, to, uh... like. 
you're right. Like the thing that bugs me besides just the bigotry in general is that I do like you. I like his books. Mm -hmm. I thought his science books are well done. They are books. I, I was an atheist before he came around, before the God delusion came around. I wasn't influenced by him in any meaningful way. But when it came to learning about evolution, mm. I will freely admit I learned more from reading his books about it and the mechanics behind it than I did from any other source. And well, I appreciate that. I think it's hard to deny that like the four horsemen writ large didn't have a big impact on us as atheists. You're right, so right, I would right. say that's kind of undeniable. But the other thing about this that bugs me is whether I like it or not, Dawkins is arguably the, the most famous atheist. atheist. And that means when reporters are writing stories about atheism and the shift in culture, they want to talk to him. Like one of the things, uh, going back to the beginning of this episode, like when I was starting in the movement like 20 years ago, mm. one of the big problems is, wow, there's a bunch of white dudes everywhere. But mm -hmm. atheism as we know it is not limited to a gender or to uh, a color or mm -hmm. anything. But we need to do more yeah. to bring people into the fold. And guess what? In the past several years, that has happened, not necessarily because of anything like mm. groups did or didn't do, but there are more women of color. There are more women. Mm. There are more people of color in this movement. And yet, if a reporter's writing an article, it's like, I wonder if Dawkins will say anything about the atheism mm -hmm. thing. Let me get Bill Maher on the line. Yeah. Let me talk to uh, Hitchens back in the day or whoever I it mean, is. I mean, look at all the atheism podcasts. We have ours with a person of color and a woman and no white men. And then... All the other ones that probably right. exist so, that don't have any white men on like, them, I bet they he exist. He doesn't control that. It's fine. He's famous. He literally wrote the book on the subject. But that means when people outside of our little circles think about atheists, mm. he's probably the first name that comes to mind. And what is he representing? I feel like he's Christians... He's representing lead poisoning. His I, brain has lost I plasticity. I feel like Christians who are like frustrated when, I don't know, Joel Osteen or Franklin Graham or name your horrible Christian leader type becomes the stand-in for what your religion represents. It's like, I know Dawkins is not the atheist pope or anything. He doesn't represent us in any meaningful way because he's just a dude who espouses the same thing. But again, in the mind of the public, he's the dude who knows about atheism. So if he's anti-trans, then it must, must be, be like an atheist. That must be a science thing. And by the way, Helen Joyce, the person he was interviewing, J.K. Rowling, Matt Walsh, the conservative Ugh. provocateur, like all of them say when they make their anti-trans speeches or whatever it is, they always couch it in the name of science. Mm -hmm. They don't do it out of religious bigotry, which is what we saw with the anti-gay stuff. Mm -hmm. They're really saying like, no, 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 this isn't a religious thing. I'm doing this because science says I'm right. By the way, even Richard Dawkins, the famous right. scientist, agrees with me on this stuff. By the way, the Center for Inquiry, which merged with his foundation, hasn't said a damn thing about any of this. They refuse to break ties with him on this manner, which I think, I, I'm not speaking for the employees there, but mm -hmm. like, shit, the entire organization could do something yeah. and they haven't um like for dawkins i think questioning trans identities to him seems like this fun little hypothetical it's a it, science exactly question what I was gonna meanwhile in the u.s anyway trans and by the way not in the uk too trans people are subject to political attacks mm -hmm. dehumanizing laws dawkins at the very least even in this conversation could say whatever i think about this of course, these laws denying gender-affirming mm. care, all mm -hmm. of that's horrible. You would think that plays right in line, because like I said, he's not a fan of Trump. He wouldn't vote for a Republican even if he could. It's not his thing. 
And yet all of the stuff he does say mm. feeds right into their rhetoric. He's not even using his platform to say, okay, Helen Joyce, you're right about this and this. However, mm-hmm. we need to make sure trans kids, whatever is in their heads, we need to make sure they feel safe. We need to stop these laws. Yeah, he, no one should he support sure them. sure didn't. He didn't do any concern of that. I listened to the, the podcast. humanity of the people he's talking about. I know about. I'm picking clips for this podcast, but I listened to the whole thing. He didn't say it elsewhere. You know what he did do, though, this mm-hmm. week? He published an essay for a separate publication answering the question, what is a woman? <laughs> Long essay. Jesus The last Christ One of the last Christ lines Dawkins. in that essay boils it down. Here's what he said. A woman is, quote, an adult human female, comma, Free of Y chromosomes. That's it. That's all you are. That's what you boil down to. Nothing else. Didn't point out injustices faced by trans people just trying to get through the damn day. I... Is it that he and these people think that trans people are trying to, like, pull one off on them? Like, I'm trying to sit with, like, what is causing them so much fear when they think about, like, hi, um, I know I present as a woman, but I identify as a man, and I'm going to transition to make my outside match my mm-hmm, inside. Mm-hmm. Is it that he thinks we're, like... They're like trying it's to a invade biology. Show? No, he thinks they're trying to ruin biology, the fundamentals of biology, and, like... But the fundamentals da- of biology don't need protecting. They just exist. Yes, and how dare you interfere with like, my base-level knowledge. Is he mad about air conditioning of- and, like penicillin like is he expecting us to like again stand with what we knew a thousand years ago and never progress or increase our understanding I, like I, i've seen a lot of, i don't like, know what's going on in his head i will tell you that after i wrote about this after i posted about it and by the way you know who he is talking to about i i don't know if it's this issue or something else guess who his next conversation is with not me jordan peterson um anyway after i posted about this because it's twitter and because it's Twitter now, like inundated with trolls who are defending Dawkins on all of this. People with like eight numbers in their screen sure. name or like three Definitely followers. Definitely real humans at real keyboards. <laughs> but it's like, I think a lot of people <laughs> feel uh, supported in the fact that like, oh, you must hate science. Well, how dare you criticize a famous scientist? I heard this so many times. Dawkins has a PhD in zoology yeah. like 60 years ago. Yeah. And that does not make him an expert in this topic But a mathematician today. would make and him no. an expert in gender. <laughs> right. It's like, just because <gasps> Dawkins is a science communicator about a topic that does not involve trans people doesn't make him an expert on everything. Neil deGrasse Tyson is not an expert on all things science. Mm-hmm. He's he an expert on that one on scene in Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just... Amazed by the number of people who are so pissed off Mm. that anyone would dare criticize Richard Dawkins on this, which, by the way, I've been doing for a while. I'm not even saying I'm good at it or anything. I am. I'm great at it. But I'm saying I... I fucking tore that guy a new one. Did you hear? He's been doing this stuff since, I think, 2015. So this is not new. He's been saying all of this stuff since about 2015 when he first said the... I'll call them by their pronouns, but they're not really women. I just, if I'm Richard Dawkins, if I'm any, if I'm J.K. Rowling, if I am a person who probably doesn't need to work anymore, but maybe still wants if to have a If you won the Powerball, what would you be doing? I'd be doing literally exactly what I'm doing now because I'm doing positive things that contribute <laughs> to society. I'm doing this podcast, which is 
debatable. <laughs> I work with special needs kids and kids with special needs and adults with special needs. And I write for the fucking American Medical Association. I am dedicating the hours in my life that I have to doing some kind of positive change in the world, even if it's little dumb shit. You, Dawkins, on the other hand, are using your power to punch down. And that's fucking disgusting. You have so much power and so much influence and you could direct that anywhere. Direct it to uh, supporting people with, with special needs. They deserve to have a full and complete life. No, you are complaining about women's, oh, American women's college swimming. This is what you've dedicated your life to, Dawkins. Congratulations. And no, so I can't give that book to my student. Or do I? Oh, I what if you. I write a big post-it you. note and say this guy's a transphobe, but he does a good job <laughs> explaining evolution in a way that's graspable? This is the thing that bothers me. It's like I, if someone asked me, "Do you have a good book you could suggest for learning evolution?" Greatest Show on Earth, fucking rules. Yeah, that one's good. The Ancestors' Tales, really good. I there are books I would love to recommend, but I I feel like a J.K. Rowling fan. Truly, that's like I like Harry Potter. It's a good series, but also. Mm, Mm -hmm. Uh, you could find other stuff. And I think also, ooh, I kind of want to speak on this a little bit about the idea of, and not that Harry Potter is immune to criticism or like mm -hmm. a perfectly told thing or whatever, but it seems like when everybody was like, uh-oh, J.K. Rowling's a fucking monster, people went back and like, actually, Harry Potter is fucking garbage. And it's like, fine, have your opinion. But like, I find that very frustrating because it's it's a little like, oh, this guy turns out to be racist. Oh, I never thought he was funny anyway. That's not <laughs> a helpful thing right. because that means you think you can identify whoever that quote unquote bad people are. So when you go back and be like, oh, Harry Potter was bad anyway, you're actually not making the point you're making. All you're saying is people should know better than to trust anybody who does anything. I <laughs> Dawkins guess. could always talk to a trans person He's who actually gonna, studies because this. Because somebody's going to push back. He, has, he truly has fully gone lead poisoning. His brain has stopped having any kind of plasticity. And if somebody tries to change his mind, it will crack in half and fall out his ears. Good times. Want a different story? No, yeah. I want to be done. I'm so oh, tired no. and I still have work to do today. Too bad. Let me talk about St. John Leland Catholic School in Missouri. I don't want to. What did they do this week? Or recently, they kicked out a kid who's about to enter sixth grade. Why? Trans. To, uh, I thought that for a second. Like, is that what it is? Yeah. Is the it's kid how we come out children or something? Now. No. Here's oh. what happened. Um, apparently, this kid's parents got a letter from the school a couple of weeks ago saying their son's disenrolled, we're kicking him out, uh, because of their disobedience. Uh, and here's what the letter said. Um, his, his parents' name are Paul and Holly Muller. Um, and according to the letter, their kid is being expelled because the parents have, quote, stated both verbally and in writing, you do not agree with, nor do you support the teachings of the Catholic Church. <laughs> what? After, it's a Catholic school? Mm -hmm, it is a Catholic school. After prayerful consideration and discussion among our school administration, it is obvious we no longer have a partnership with you. Let me just explain. It's a Catholic school. The, the school's allowed to do this. Yeah. But the question is like, okay, his parents are apparently... A, a not following what Catholic doctrine. On? What is it that they did that this school says, oh, that you broke all the Catholic rules. You can't have your kids in here. Let me tell you about the Mullers. 
They go to church all the time. Mm-hmm. They're volunteer basketball and track coaches. They run a Tuesday night open gym for kids. They volunteer to do a lot of things other parents don't. Their whole life is the church. So it's like, all right, so what but, did they do that this administration wait, did not like? Sorry, could you... I think I must have misunderstood you. Yes. They, the family said in writing and verbally that... No, they... no, the school said that to the parents. Like, we're kicking oh. you out because you're not following church doctrine. Got so you. here's Sorry. the thing. Um, like, we have seen Catholic schools kick out teachers who are in same-sex relations, mm-hmm. actually in same-sex marriages, because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, listen, we can look the other way if you are gay, uh, yeah. but if you get married and someone shows us a picture of your right. wedding day, it's you're undeniable. out. Um, they've kicked out kids if their parents were in a same-sex marriage, which seems just cruel because mm-hmm. the kid didn't do anything. That's what Jesus anything. would have done. I think yep. everyone knows that. So what did these parents do? Uh, did they support LGBTQ rights, go to a pride parade, support abortion rights? Did they criticize Pope Francis or vote for Democrats? No. Here's what they did. I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. You're not going to get it right. Guess? Nope. They bought a hybrid car. Ooh, good guess. Nope. So the mother criticized the, uh, his name is Father Sean McCaffrey, who is the leader of the church that oversees this school. Basically, she's the vice president of the school's advisory board. Her job is to give advice when they think there's a problem at the school. Mm. Specifically, when this guy, Sean McCaffrey, got the job, he began removing books from the library that either had LGBTQ characters or humanized those relationships. Mm. And at the time, Holly, the mother, said, quote, I don't think being blatantly homophobic is a teaching of the Catholic Church. Wow, now, that is a ballsy statement, and I like her. I do like that statement. I do like her. She's wrong. Well, I mean, of course she's the wrong, but I can still like people who are wrong. homophobic. Not Richard Dawkins. But her like argument him. is that, like, even if gay people can't get married in the church, yeah. and even if they say homosexual acts are Maybe intrinsically this isn't disordered. Maybe the drum we should collectively be well, banging. if you have a book with a gay character, that does not violate Catholic doctrine. If you're teaching kids, like, oh, yeah, some people are gay, we're not endorsing it. We're saying, well, this is a person who exists in the world. That's fine. That doesn't violate her understanding of Catholic law. Mm-hmm. That's so, again, I think the church is homophobic. Yeah, she happens to think the church does show love to LGBTQ people. Yeah. So why are we getting rid of books? So I can understand where she's coming from. She thought it was disrespectful and unnecessary to remove books that showcase LGBTQ relationships or LGBTQ people because treating them with respect is what the church is supposed to do. That was one problem. Okay, here's my question. I understand that they want to remove it because of gay shit because it's a sin. But like, surely they... No, no, no. They're not a sin because they were not removing books that showcased like gay sex. It was just... That violates Catholic doctrine. These were like a book with a gay character. Or this kid has two mothers. Oh. That's it. Okay. So the so, mother's so argument is there's nothing anti-Catholic. it's not just the Catholic do- doctrine is saying that gay people shouldn't exist or should right. be good. Nope. But Pope they Francis are saying that they has been fine with don't it. exist. Like, if you Catholic hard enough, you can Catholic gay people right out of existence. That's what Father Sean McCaffrey was trying to do. That's good what luck, this Sean. mother had a problem with. Sure. Then it gets weirder because McCaffrey, the priest, uh, banned the use of the app Duolingo in the school. The language learning app Duolingo. Why? Because Because nobody actually learns a language through that. Everybody knows on Duolingo and nobody fucking speaks shit. (laughs) No, because it translated words, including gay and lesbian, into other languages. Because those words exist in other languages, so he banned it. Yeah, I think famously, um, shielding children 
from reality that is not dangerous. I don't think that's Does, a good way to parent. I mean, parent. is he also banning the dictionary by yeah, that logic? Because like, they do have the word in there. Like, not to go back to the slippery slope thing, but truly, like, where does it end? I don't know. But then he banned an app uh, called CNN10, which is basically a youth-oriented CNN app that's like, here's all the news kids need to know in 10 minutes. That's really cool. That is cool. I didn't know it existed. He banned that because that he up. said he thought CNN was, quote, too liberal, hmm. which is not true in any My case. My dude, he is the head of a Catholic School, he can make up whatever bullshit <laughs> he wants and pretend God told him. So you him. Get, you get the point here. Like he's doing all these things in what he in the name of Catholicism, and this mother is chiming and saying, "This is not anti-Catholic. This is just right-wing bullshit." So stop it. And then it gets worse because there was a teacher at the school, not not the priest, but mm-hmm. another teacher at the school who did the purity culture thing where he told students oh, that girls should never wear leggings what? because it suggests that they are whores. He used the word. Whores. Oh. And then she sent a letter, an email to school administrators maybe we shouldn't saying call little girls whores. Maybe that too. She sent an email, this mother, to school word. administrators saying, you need to teach boys to respect women and that girls shouldn't be made to feel responsible for how they're treated because of what they wear. And just to be clear, huh. I mean, not only is she right, but she's saying there is nothing Catholic about telling girls to not wear certain clothes or to look like this or uh, that. Counterpoint, nuns. If That's you're a nun, Catholic. but for kids, no. So she's making an argument that nothing she's doing is anti-Catholic, but you're just being bad at what you do. And by the way, the teacher did not get in trouble, as far as I can tell, from the administration, and that made her mad. So all these clashes happen between the mother and the administration. Which is not weird. That happens at every school all the time. The question is, how are they going to resolve their conflict? And a Catholic school has leeway. They can kind of run itself however it wants. Mm. Um, now, the school requires all families to sign paperwork that says you support church teaching in the school, which they signed because they do. This family is Catholic. They were fine with their kids learning Catholicism. None of their criticisms violated church doctrine because there's nothing in the church's rule book that blames women for what they wear Mm -hmm. uh, or dismisses the existence of gay people, even if individuals may vary. Um, And just to be clear here, according to surveys, 56% of U.S. Catholics support abortion rights. 70% believe homosexuality is fine. 37% accept trans people. Like, if Catholic leaders kicked out Catholics who violated Catholic doctrine, like, you would have no one left in the pews. And yet... The school, because they're pissed off at the mother, sent the family a note a couple weeks ago saying, hey, we're going to kick out your kid from the school because of this. And by the way, she then said um, at the school, like, they had two kids. One's entering sixth grade. I think the other was about to enter eighth grade. The eighth grader was like, Mom, I don't want to go to this Catholic school anymore. So he's going to, like, a public school. He was already gone. Uh... The younger kid... Uh, who was going to enter sixth grade and who has just been expelled, they said, uh, or a friend of the family said this, he has a life-threatening peanut allergy and other serious food allergies, and everyone at this school accommodated it, and that's wonderful of them. So now sending him to a new school actually puts him at greater physical risk because the teachers don't know him, the students don't know him, so he's put in more danger. It's punishing his classmates who are sad their their friend won't be with them, and it's also frightened other parents who are now, according to this friend of the family, 
who are now afraid to speak out against the school, which I think is kind of the point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I brought up a few times here that petty tyrants, I believe, are among the most dangerous people in this country. The right. people who get, like, the tiniest bit of power and then absolutely exploit it to the point that they expel a child from their school because of the behavior of the mother. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there are kids at every Catholic school. Jesus (laughs) would have done. At every Catholic school, there are parents who are divorced and remarried, maybe not remarried, but divorced. There are parents who don't regularly attend church. There are parents who use birth control. All of those directly violate Catholic doctrine, but no one ever cares. I bet some of those parents have even had an abortion. What? Yeah, all of that stuff happens. No one cares. The Catholic administration doesn't care. But when this mother said, hey, maybe stop calling girls whores, maybe leave, you know, the book about the penguin gay parents in the school library because it teaches kids tolerance, that that was a line that was crossed. Isn't it funny that tolerance is what we're still aiming for. I tolerate that you also exist. I am not going to yeah. actively try to destroy That's your existence. high bar for that the doc is in the this crowd. Bar. Yeah. I mean, also, should I write a comedy script about this? Because I would read, I would watch a comedy about a woman versus a Catholic school. That would be amusing. 12,000%. I'm going to get Dairy Girls on the phone. I feel like they'll be good at this. Add some uh, Life or Death Squid Game games in it. I would watch. Oh my God. Have you watched Siren yet? No. <sighs> So Are we done? I think the question is whether other parents are going to leave the school, and I don't know that they will. No, they won't. You, you, I, I do not foresee anything coming of this. I think maybe this woman... I mean, is, school starts in a couple of weeks. It's yeah. going to be hard to change, but uh, no, if I, other parents don't have listen, this woman's back, then it's only going to get worse for them. They already don't. Yeah. They, they already don't. don't have her back, and nothing is going to change, and we're going to forget about this in a few months until that kid goes on whatever Oprah is in 2050 <laughs> and discusses how the Catholic Church absolutely fucked his shit up and he almost died in a public school or whatever. Um, Public schools are great. I do have to mention this story because this is a big deal that just happened. A bunch of church-state separation groups filed a lawsuit this week to stop Oklahoma from using taxpayer money to prop up the nation's first religious charter school. (laughs) Because if that is allowed to stand... God damn it. Oklahoma... Said yes. We talked about this a couple months, uh, a month or two ago. Oklahoma's statewide virtual charter school board voted to approve St. Isidore of Seville Virtual Catholic Charter School that, uh, in a three to two vote. And again, what does that mean in as it matters? The reason this matters is that this means a Catholic school is getting taxpayer money. Like, I think it was like $24 million over five years is the estimate. And they said yes to that. And if that is allowed to stand, other states are going to start following suit. Mm. And it was a shady vote because one of the members uh, was shoved in there just days before the vote. Um, And, of course, he voted yes on this. And why is all of this? I'm trying to jump to the specific problems with the lawsuit. St. Isidore was a farmer, by the way. Oh, great. These, the lawsuit involves nine plaintiffs. They're not atheists, necessarily. They are faith leaders, public school parents in Oklahoma, public education advocates, and all of them, along with the Oklahoma Parent Legislative Action Committee, they all oppose specific things about this. One is that this school discriminates on the basis of religion and LGBTQ status. Public schools can't discriminate. Oklahoma law Mm. says taxpayer-funded schools can't discriminate, and yet they're giving taxpayer money to the school. 
the school also fails to adequately serve students with disabilities. That violates state <laughs> law because private Catholic schools don't have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. They could just say, no, we're not going to bring ADA you at a school. doesn't apply to you. Right. They also say, obviously, religious indoctrination would be at this school. It's part of the plan. It's a Catholic school. The law violates that. And the fourth thing they brought up is that the state requires charter schools and their boards to be run independently from the groups managing them. And in this case, nope, they're all merged together. The Archdiocese of Oklahoma City is managing it and running it Hmm. and setting the ground rules. So they're basically saying Oklahoma law says all of this, what you're doing here is illegal. Mm -hmm. You can't have this happen. It's a 70-page lawsuit. The defendants include all five voting members of that school charter school board who voted for, including the two who voted against it, Hmm. the Department of Education, the state's Department of Education, Ryan Walters, the Christian nationalist who's like the superintendent of public education, and the Catholic Charter School, and of course, uh, the right-wing legal group Alliance Defending Freedom is going to represent... Uh, the state here. Obviously. Um, Rachel Laser. Is there the, any... Oh, God. I was going to ask, is there any university they win this? But I don't want to know the There answer, could be. I? I mean, th- this is a powerful argument they're making. Rachel Laser of Americans United for Separation of Church and State wrote an essay for the New York Times this week basically saying why this lawsuit is necessary. She wrote... Indeed, it's hard to think of a clearer violation of the religious freedom of Oklahoma taxpayers Mm. and public school families than the state establishing a supposedly public school that is run as a religious school. Um, And Ryan Walters, the superintendent of public education, Mm, the Christian nationalist, uh he responded by calling this all religious persecution. Sure. He said, it's time to end atheism as the state-sponsored religion. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma. Famously an atheist state. Yeah. Way to read the room, my dude. Not only it, ignoring all the points of the lawsuit, mm. but making a totally batshit crazy argument that no one was making, which is that we're allowed to have like a Catholic charter school because public schools are de facto atheist, which they're not because he doesn't know how anything works, mm-hmm. but he's running education in Oklahoma That's good. because Oklahoma. Um, I will say the Catholic Conference of Oklahoma, which totally knew this lawsuit was coming, Mm. they just said, "Eh, we think the courts will win. And they're hoping this gets... We think the courts will win? We think the... Sorry, I said that wrong. We think the courts will side with us and we will win. Because of... And the weird thing is they seem to be acting like this will will win in the courts and the Supreme Court like will take up like our case. and then victory? Yeah, I think so. Based but this on... is a statewide case. It's not going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh. Um, it doesn't mean anything yet, though, because it's Oklahoma, so sure. we'll see. Um, I should just wait, point wait. out a couple other things. Charter schools make up 8% of public schools in the country. Boo. There is a push to have more charter Boo. schools and more religious schools that siphon taxpayer money Boo. away from public schools. Um, And again, why is this lawsuit so important? Because you have to stop a religious school getting public funding in Oklahoma, because if you don't, Mm. there will be religious charter schools using taxpayer money in other states. Mm -hmm. Uh, $26 million. That's what this school is expected to cost over the first five years. That's money the public schools will, the other public schools, uh, will not get if this is allowed to continue. Here's the thing with charter schools is maybe um, we shouldn't use capitalism as a framing framework for a schooling system and also literally fuck charter schools. 
They steal money from, they don't steal it. They take money from what should be going to public schools. They don't include everybody who's in that neighborhood. Maybe, maybe if these people are so fucking concerned about getting kids education, maybe they should like fund public schools so that they don't feel like their kids are getting a substandard education. Because charter schools only say, well, I want my kid to get a good education. And that kid who, his mom works two jobs so she can't be involved in him, Fuck him. He's a waste of our time. No, anyway. they'll take Charter some of those kids. Bad. They'll take some of those kids. But again, they're not run the same way other public schools are run. They're beholden to different people. They can play by their own rules. And again, if it's private money being used, all right, good luck experimenting with someone else's kids. But they are taking money from other public school districts. That's the problem. And they shouldn't be using it. I mean, for all the problems most charter schools have, the idea that a religious school masquerading as a public right. charter school is about to get this funding in Oklahoma because these people don't know how to tell the difference. That's the problem here. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. Um, I hope the lawsuit works because if it doesn't, holy shit, we're yeah. screwed. It, it kind of calls to mind, this is very dorky, but did you ever watch West Wing when I was? No. Really? I don't do human interactions okay, or stuff well, everyone likes. That's not true. We just talked about Squid Games, but mm. fine. Um, but there is, in the beginning when Rob Lowe is still in it, there's this whole thing about charter schools and, and all this shit. And he at one point says, and I might even get this quote exact because it really stuck with me. Um, I think public schools should be palaces. And yeah, they should be really expensive. Ah, which is such a... Yes. Yeah. Why, like people Make complain, them better. Yeah, people complain we put, like, we're wasting money in schools. There's no way you can send money to a school where it'd be wasted. That's not true. But, like, the solution is and always will be money. The solution is and always will be resources and time and attention. I just saw and something today that all charter schools said, do is shift the, the blame. Um, I forgot which city it happened in, but they offered, like, a $19,000 raise uh, for police because they didn't have a lot of police. And guess what? People applied for that job. What? And the That's response wild. was, like, good, fine, do this for teachers now. Yeah. Um, we yeah. Know, the uh-huh. thing, this is always going to be the thing that makes me, like, cuckoo bananas, crazy pants nuts is that we know the answer to most of our problems. There are definitely problems that are not solvable, like, with a policy or with money, like racism. But, like, even that, if we invest in minority communities and lift people up, they will... It's just this... this, this, this the, 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 this lack of sense of community, I think, is what gets me. This lack of we're all in this together, which you're a fucking church. That should be your whole goddamn jam. But instead, we're like, oh, let's pick out the good kids and give them... An, like, It's just, we know the solution. We know how to help unhoused people. We know how to help students. We know how to help disabled, the people with disabilities. We know how to do this. It's provide money and structure and funds. And we just won't do it because of Republicans. And like, Democrats pretending to beat them. I mean, yeah, listen, Democrats are not blameless, but I want to be very (laughs) clear. We know where the lack of infrastructure has come from. The, the cutting, the gutting of, of, uh, social safety nets that, yeah, Democrats aren't great, but they aren't Ronald Reagan. You do hate Reagan. I do hate Reagan. Um, And with that, speaking of, 
How's this for a transition? Uh, keep an eye out for an interview I had with um, Dr. Nikki Hemmer. She is a co-host of This Day in Esoteric Political History, along with Kelly Carter-Jackson, who I also had the opportunity to uh, interview earlier this year. Um, it was so much fun. We went for an hour and a half. I am obsessed with her. She interviewed Obama. That's neither here nor there. We it was a genuinely fun conversation. We kind of we did a fun counterfactual about J. Edgar Hoover because I'm kind of obsessed with him right now because I don't think I had a good appreciation for how he shaped the 20th century. So we talked about that. Um, in a really cool history phase of my life. So we just do a lot of talking about, like, did you know Newt Gingrich has a PhD in history? Oh, that's so sad. I know. I kind of lost my mind over it. Do we know from where? Who um, would give I want to say him... somewhere in Florida. Got to listen to the interview uh -huh. to find out. But he's basically the reason that the Republicans have such a strong party line. Right. Um, so learn more about that um, with Dr. Hammer when that drops. Um... Also, ooh, really quick. So on the weekend of October 14th and 15th, I think, the barn I work at, it's called the Hanson Center. It's in Burridge, Illinois. We're having a big uh, horse show slash fall festival. So we are on the lookout for any kind of financial sponsorship if anybody wants to donate anything that can help us have a fun day. So we're going to do, like, we need ribbons and tables and chairs and, and decorations and things like that. If you are interested in sponsoring a tent with your business or your personal name, I'm talking to Hemant about maybe sponsor uh, sponsoring a tent because I think it's very funny. I love horses. He does love horses. He went near one once. Hmm. I saw it. Um, yeah, uh, we're just looking for help. And if you are a crafter or a seller of anything, um, we're charging, I think, 100 bucks or something like that fat, flat fee for the weekend. You can sell your wares. Um, and, uh, yeah, there'll be food trucks. I'm really excited. When we get closer, I'll be inviting people in the local area to just come see the property because it's gorgeous. Um, but, but yeah, if anybody has any resources. Also, God, sorry, last thing, and it's also about the Hanson Center. We're hiring an animal care person to live on our barn, paying $20 an hour, full-time job. If you know a lot about keeping up a barn and a lot about horses, Shoot me an email, and I can connect you with that. Um, and I think that is all I have for those announcements. Did all you have right. any announcements? Do we have any people to None. Thank? I'm telling you nothing about me. Okay. Um, bonus episode. Yes. Um, we are going to Hemant and myself and our respective families and a couple other friends went to Top Golf on Sunday. It was very fun, and we learned a lot about the athleticism of the metas. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just got baby goats at the barn. It's been the only saving grace for this garbage summer. They are shit dwarf goats. They are Nigerian dwarf goats, I think. They're two months old. Their names are Gibbs and Mac, and I love them. Mm. Um, and I'm going to talk to you a lot about them. Uh -huh. um, and then I would love to chat about what the fuck is going on with Twitter, because I did remove the app from my home screen, oh, and oh, I have been like actively... <laughs> avoiding anything about it. All right, um, we'll talk about that. You could find, uh, if you like this show, go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. Uh, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Remember, if you're giving us anything on Patreon, five bucks, you can get this exclusive bonus episode. You mm -hmm. can get ad-free episodes. Mm -hmm. And do we have a recent review? We sure do. It's from July 20th from Struts Technoid. No notes. Mr. Meta covers 
uh, I think supposed to be myriad of ideas, but it says mired ideas, concepts and actions based on religious ideology impacting community and how the absence of thought and, and rationality, I think, is debilitating citizenship, personhood, and society itself. Wow, well put. Hemant takes care of uh, takes care to expose personal, group-based, and political activism, which either a deliberate, misguided, or uninformed with either a deliberate, misguided, or uninformed basis to establish social, normative, political, or legal agenda targeted at marginalized groups and how an outsized minority or believers do harm. His co-host just plays off the issue. Uh, with a different perspective, not at odds with Hemant, but in a wider contact. context. Ooh, love this pod except for, this is a different one. Love this pod except for Jessica. Her constant interruptions, tangents, and inability to control over her shrieks is really annoying. There's no synergy, synergy with her on. Lovely. Synergy. It was very corporate speak. Yeah, are we like trying to generate new revenue streams? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Yeah, podcast. I guess find me on Facebook. I'm just not on <laughs> Anything. It's all good. Yeah, weird. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.